In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How do you describe to someone what love is? This is one of the most important theological questions that Christians face. And after all, God is love. It says it in the Bible, as a matter of fact, in the first letter of John, chapter 4. God is love. This God of love is the same God that we proclaim week after week and day after day in our prayers. This God of love is the God whom we worship and whose attention and affection we deserve because he has told us it is so. But the thing about love is even though you may know what it is in your heart, you may be able to feel it and even give it to someone or something else. When you sit down and try to describe what it actually is, it's a little bit more difficult. Have you ever tried to write a letter or a card to a loved one to explain to them what your love for them really is like? Have you ever tried to write a story or a poem about love? Have you ever tried to describe what love is to a child in your life as they're looking back up at you with those little eyes that they themselves can say love with? It's really hard to describe to someone what love is. Today is Trinity Sunday, the Sunday set aside every year in church to talk about the Holy Trinity, the doctrine of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's an important Sunday to come back to year after year. It's also kind of an odd one. Every other celebration that we have in the course of the normal church year is connected to something that's actually happening in the Bible. Christmas is Jesus' birth, an incarnation in the world. Good Friday is the observance of his crucifixion, and Easter Sunday of his resurrection. And on and on we go. And yet, the Trinity is the only doctrine or pattern of theological thought that is observed in our church year. And for that reason, it can throw some people off a little bit. But at its heart, The reason we keep talking about the Trinity as one of the central doctrines of our faith is because it is our particular way of describing what love is. Because the Trinity is so complicated of an idea, it's best to break it down, in my mind, to this understanding of it, that it's our way of describing what love is to ourselves and to the world. I'm going to take you on just a little journey that may sound like history, but think of it more as a love story, if you will. In the early 4th century, that's in the 300s, there was an influential priest named Arius. He began to preach that Jesus was not divine in the same way that God the Father was, that Jesus was created, not begotten. Arius's teachings became extremely popular in the Roman Empire, especially as Christianity took off as the, one of the most important religions of the state. And yet his teachings also divided the church between those who believed that Jesus was not divine, like Arius did, and those who did. 
and a great controversy arose in the church. See, church folks have been fighting for a long, long time. In this particular case, they convened a council at a place called Nicaea, and that's where we get our Nicene Creed from. As you can tell, the Nicene Creed does believe that Jesus is divine, which means that Arius lost his debate and his battle, and we have been living with the consequences of it for the last 1,700 years. But for most Christians, we celebrate this doctrine of the Trinity, and the doctrine of the Trinity arises naturally from the idea that Jesus is divine. If Jesus is of the same substance as God the Father, if Jesus is co-equal with God the Father, then there must be some way of conceiving how this whole thing fits together. It's like a puzzle, a logical puzzle of how to make unity out of diversity and how to make diversity out of unity. There are different ways that people have conceived of the Trinity over time. One of them holds that the Trinity tells us that God is perfect relationship. Think about that for a moment. When someone asks you who God is, and you say God is love, and they say, what's that? You say, well, love is perfect relationship. The perfect relationship between the persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, exists in the form of perfect giving and receiving that everything that one person gives to the other is received perfectly, and vice versa. There is no conflict, there is no friction. It's simply a perfect union of three persons in one being. Now, some theologians don't really like that idea of perfect relationship so much. Sometimes they will talk about the three persons of the Trinity fun functioning in different roles. You can think about these roles kind of like if you're a parent or a grandparent or a supervisor. Sometimes you might be, have the role of the disciplinarian, but other times you might have the role of being the person who's scooping a little person up in your arms and comforting them. Sometimes you might have the role of telling someone not to cross the street when there's traffic. Other times you might be helping them get into the car. In each instance, you are the same person, but you're playing a different role. And that's a little bit of the idea of what the Trinity is. There is one God, and God plays different roles through the course of human history, in the past, in the present, and in the future. Sometimes God acts as the great creator. Other times, God acts as the great redeemer. Still others, God acts as the great sustainer. In fact, God is acting as all three in all times, and maybe it's just us who can't see that these three things are the same thing and have to break it down in our minds. The point is that there is no one pure and simple explanation for what Christians think about the Trinity. And if there were, I would be a little bit suspect of it. Let's go back to thinking about love for a second. Is one person's explanation of what love is the total explanation for all people? No, of course not. Each of us experiences love differently. Each of us loves other people in our lives differently. And there's no one right way to describe it or to say it. Of course, we know what love is not. 
We know what it feels like when we ourselves are not loved or when we are not loving those around us the way that God has commanded us to do. And so there is such a thing as a right way to describe what love is and a wrong way to describe what love is. I'm so saddened about the state of Christianity in our country and our society right now. So seldom is the church proclaiming that God is love and delving into the differences between what that might mean for different people, how it might be manifested in the world. Instead, I I feel like when you turn on the TV or read an article on the internet or in the newspaper or talk to people about their understanding of who Jesus is, more often than not, it's a story of how not to love. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what people back in the Nicene Council were thinking about. For centuries and centuries and centuries, people who claim to follow Jesus have been trying to figure out what it means to love, plumbing the depths of this question, coming up with ideas and concepts to try to explain it to one another and to future generations. And that's why we're sitting here having this conversation today. Because people before us cared enough about what it means that God is love. And so in our time, it is our task to take up this question of how to describe to someone what love really is. If for you that means using the language of the Holy Trinity, then God bless you. And see me after the service because you might have to go to seminary. But if that means doing something else, that's okay too. The Trinity's out there watching over you, loving you, loving within the three persons of the Trinity too. Because that's what love looks like, at least in my description. But that's just mine. You probably have your own. Folks, we've been through so much and we are going through so much. This is such a strange time to be alive, isn't it? Here in June of 2022, we're trying to have our first barbecue since 2019 here at All Saints Church. And of course, the Holy Spirit or maybe the Son or maybe the Father has sent rain on our barbecue. And isn't that sad? But I can tell you this. If you're looking for some kind of North Star, some guiding way to get through all the noise and distraction that's out there, sometimes it's not distraction, sometimes it's as real as something right in front of your face. If you're looking for one thing, it's this love of God that we come here to celebrate and enjoy each and every Sunday. And if you're struggling to find words to describe to yourself and to others what it is, look to these vast tools that are at your disposal. Holy Scripture, the prayers of the prayer book and other prayers, the writings of people past and present, all of them striving to describe what love is. And then do it in your own way. Do it in a way that makes sense to you so that you can love people around you and make the love of God known among them. One thing I can tell you about the people who were obsessed with this question of Christ's divinity, who were trying to come up with a concept of how to describe what love is and created this idea of the Trinity. One thing I can tell you about them 
is that they were profoundly concerned about the church. They wanted a way to understand what the church is. And in it, they saw a direct connection between the Trinity and what we do here in this place. If God is perfect relationship, then the church is the place that we come to practice perfect relationship. If God expresses God's self in different roles, then when we gather as an assembly, we can look at the different roles that God plays in the world simply by looking into each other's faces. No one person in the church is sufficient to comprise the entire community. The same way that no one person of the Trinity is sufficient to describe to anyone what God is in total. That's why we come together. That's why we do this. To describe to the world what God is, not just with our words, but in who we are as a church. Don't you want to be a part of that project? I know I do. And that's why I keep coming back week after week and year after year. Friends, it has been a very, very long time since we have had church the way that we used to. I'm sorry to say that it's probably going to be a very long time before it looks anything like it did before. We're still wearing masks. Some of us are still a little bit too afraid and uncomfortable right now to come out into gatherings like this one. I affirm everyone's challenges. Each of us is walking a road that is more difficult than it was a couple years ago. But I also want to say this, and I think it's a message that comes from my understanding of the Trinity itself. Part of the path of following Jesus is learning how to be in relationship and community. And that path never ends. It continues our entire lives. As much of a gift as these gifts of technology can be, they're no substitute for the real thing, for actually being in the flesh with other people, looking them in the eyes, not through a screen, but simply through the love of God. I miss church the way it used to be, I'll admit, and I know that most of you do too. More than that, I miss seeing people week after week, so I want to say this. If you've been considering coming back to church on a regular basis, making it a part of your spiritual discipline, a part of your life, then I encourage you to think about what that might look like and maybe even try it out. It adds so much to our lives, not just to yours, but to the entire assembly, to be able to see people, to worship with them, sing with them, receive communion with them. There's nothing like it, and there's nothing to replace it. It's one of the ways we understand what love is. It's one of the ways we understand what God's love looks like in the world. This Sunday is, among many other things, also a comeback of sorts. Comeback Sunday. Come back for some soggy burgers in the rectory driveway on this barbecue. Just kidding, they won't be soggy. We'll find a way to keep them dry. But over the course of the summer, if you feel so moved, it would be so wonderful to see you back in church if you've been gone for a while. 
If you've been staying away for whatever reason, that's totally fine. But my goodness, how wonderful it would be for us all to be together. How do you tell someone what love is? How do you describe what it's like? Sometimes you don't do it with words. You do it with actions and simply by being. This congregation is one of the ways that we tell people what love is, what it looks like, how to feel it in the world. It may always be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.